Have you ever had someone refer to something going on in the community who asked you, what's going on there? What's the story with all that? The right answer lies with the people directly involved in it, the people who know. Why not hear their story? So welcome to What's the Story, Pekin? I'm Gary Gillis, your host, and I hope you enjoy this Pekin podcast. Well, my guest today is Sean Powers, who is the superintendent of recreation at the Pekin Park District. Sean, welcome. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Well, I will point out, uh, just for clarification to everybody, that uh, with the last name of Powers, you do not have a son named Austin. That's correct, right? <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. 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 I get that question yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. With the passage of time, though, you'll have a younger generation that will say, who was that? Exactly. So, um, but since we're on the cusp of you know summer coming right around the corner, and I Absolutely. know people's thoughts are to the many programs that go on at the park, mm-hmm. I thought maybe you could give us a little of a review or synopsis of the things that are planned. Of course, the old tried and true and cherished traditional activities, sure. but maybe some additional or new things or how things have been perhaps changed and, and modified given the times. Sure. Uh, we'll start with the traditional. Uh, of course, youth sports. We're in spring. That's when all those get started. Uh, so we have our youth. Uh, I'm sorry, youth soccer program uh, getting ready to start uh, the week of April 11th, um, and that's kids ages from three to 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do. It's a recreational soccer program. Um, you know, people would call it a house league. So there's no travel involved. They play out at the sports complex. Um, and uh, this year. Uh, we're adding referees Uh, previously it was uh, we kind of went all in with the recreational youth soccer Uh, everybody plays you know there's no nobody's on the bench or anything like that and the coaches actually did the officiating um, for uh, soccer games they did a a very good job Uh, we never had any problems with uh, coaches being unfair or anything like that but the program is starting to grow Um, the recreational skill level is starting to go up a little bit and so we thought this was a good year to introduce referees. Um, and um, they're not necessarily patched referees or anything like that, just high school kids uh, mm-hmm. wanting to get their start in officiating. Um, and really the other motivation for bringing in um, the officials is sport-wide, nationwide, there's a huge shortage of referees. So I thought this was a great opportunity for us to uh, introduce an opportunity for referees to kind of join the game, get get the feel feel like whether these kids want to do it mm-hmm. and then if they do then they can go and get their patch and then go on and uh, referee at higher levels such as you know peak and pride has a great sure. soccer program and they're always looking for referees they have a big tournament uh, at the sports complex memorial day weekend and they're always looking for referees so i thought it was kind of a, a twofold opportunity to grow our program but then kind of address that sure. national shortage of referees right. in all sports um, and then, of course, T-ball um, starts uh, the first week of June, mm-hmm. and we're doing registrations for that. Registration goes through uh, mid-May, and uh, that's your traditional you know, T-ball from ages three to three to six. Sure. Um, and uh, we kind of use the same youth sport model with that, you know, volunteer coaches and teams. Um, you know, we uh, try to introduce all of the – you know, normal mechanics of baseball. True. Um, you know, if the play has made it first and the runner's out, the runner's out. So right. that, you know, that first baseman needs that, yeah. that reward for, sure. that they earned the out, sure. they get the out. Yeah. I know some T-ball 
programs. They just kind of go through the motion, let the kids run the base. And mm-hmm. uh, we don't. We make them earn it. Uh, yeah. But uh, well, we're trying to teach them everything as they go so they can move on yeah. to, you know, Union Mission is a great baseball program partner of ours. So once they graduated T-ball, we kind of send them either to Union Mission or the Boys and Girls Club also has a great house league program. Sure. And then we've got PCSA on the softball side that uh, once they graduated T-ball, they, the, the girls can go play softball that way. So it's a great, you know, gateway sure. to the sport. Well, my grandson's just signed up, or my daughter signed him up for T-ball at the park. So you'll, oh, excellent. you'll see my smiling face there often. And I've been That's told awesome. that I, I will be there, which I really look forward to and excited That's about. Awesome. Yeah, When you mentioned that about the program with the referees, it kind of brought to mind, and we should share with the community, the, the challenge you've had at you know Dragonland with mm-hmm. with lifeguards and, yeah. and maybe share with people where who think well yeah it's just always been there's a certain number of people you get enough lifeguards they do mm-hmm. a great job they're well trained but now realizing the challenge in this changing world mm-hmm. especially when a lot of businesses have trouble getting help what yes. you're running into yeah the lifeguard shortage is it's a problem that's also a nationwide problem before we were going into covid we were seeing the warning signs mm-hmm. of it it was i wouldn't call it a shortage but recru- recruiting lifeguards was difficult mm-hmm. but we could do it um you know i go back you know 10 15 years ago when i first got into aquatics um you know kids were lining up to be lifeguards mm-hmm. it was the higher paying job you know on the pool deck you're kind of the rock star that's who they wanted to be sure you know, our concession staff were the kids who tried to be lifeguards and couldn't do it. So then that was the other place that we mm-hmm. put them. And then maybe next year you can try to pass a class again. And we'd have so many wanting to be lifeguards, you know, 15 years ago. Um, you know, in 2018, 2019, we were the classes, we were holding classes and, you know, we were hoping to get 30, we'd get 28, 29. We'd be like, all right. And then COVID hit which obviously changed the world coming out of COVID. I don't know if COVID had anything to do with it or if it was just the adjust in the workforce everywhere. Nobody wants to be a lifeguard. Um, I know coming out the first season, 2021, coming out of COVID when Dragonland first opened, uh, I definitely fielded a lot of calls from concerned parents of 16-year-olds. Like, you know, is it safe? We're worried about the germ transmissions. And and I'd reassure them that we have a lot, you know, even pre-COVID, we had all these safety Sure. Uh, yeah. Measures in place where, you know, we're, you know, when we're ha- hands on, it's called hands on GID when we're doing a, a, a rescue or any type of care, a, get, a GID is a guest in distress. And there's all kinds of safety where we, you know, we're, we're never in contact with a GID without gloves on. You know, if we're in the uh, CPR event, you know, we have masks. We're never, you know, skin to skin contact right. or anything like that. So we had those before, but. You know, post-COVID, it was really a concern. Um, you know, going into 2021, we got enough lifeguards. It was hard. Um, we had to, you know, dangle a carrot of a little bit more money to kind of entice them. And then coming into 2022, thinking it would get better, it got worse. Um, we were literally, you know, we opened Memorial Day weekend. We hired our last lifeguards two days before Dragonland opened. And had we not hired those... We were, I was prepared to come to the board and say, you know what, we only have enough lifeguards to maybe be open three, four days mm-hmm. a week so that they can get their rest and we can get everything in. Um, so it was really, um, that was a stressful May last year because I sure. was really concerned and I did not want to go to the board and say, 
especially last minute uh, that you know Dragonland's not going to be here and that you know it was sleepless nights for me because I didn't want that um, but we weren't the only ones I mean nationwide or statewide would just stay in the state I mean there were a lot of water parks in the state of Illinois that did not right. open last year and still there are still some water <clears throat> parks that still have not been able to reopen post-covid because there's just not lifeguards right. well I, I know that was compounded it fell in the category of you know what else was when you report to the board that you know you're waiting for that just-in-time delivery of chemicals yes. for the pool and then it would be delayed and yeah. it, was, it was if it doesn't get here on this day by this hour we are going to have to delay or not open the next mm -hmm. day. It'd be a perfect day for swimming, and the public wouldn't yeah. understand. But you still had to have that. It so was, I know that was a, was a problem. And so uh, you know, I'd like to acknowledge all that you do and your staff does mm -hmm. to make sure we can run this. People sure. go there and they enjoy it and think it's a swimming pool and lock the gate and let's have fun. But there's a lot more in, involved yeah. with that. And I know as well the lifeguard staff. You know, you were part of a of a, an organization or, or actually a, a program where uh, our lifeguards are observed in, in a kind of a spy net way by outsiders that watch the job they're doing and then rate us and give us that rating and we've always come out with flying colors mm -hmm. it's one of those things where hey you, while you're doing your job there's gonna be somebody somewhere observing what you do yes. and they'll be checking off a list to be sure you do it you just won't know that you're being graded it could happen mm -hmm. at any time and, and our, our folks have done an exceptionally good job with that yeah we usually always have exceptional <laughs> audits um, that's really something that I push hard sure um, because I really want to make sure um, you know we can we can be we can do okay on our audits and still keep our licenses but I really like to make sure that we're getting exceeds on those sure because there's no reason we yeah, shouldn't always do it's not hard you just have to pay attention and do mm -hmm. your do your job there you go. and you can do yeah. it good lesson um, for kids very much yeah. so well it, i know right now uh, for, from a legislative standpoint of uh, being uh, on the illinois association of park districts board of trustees there's one piece of legislation that we are as we speak currently fighting mm -hmm. um it's a a proposal it's in the committee phase to have a minimum wage for lifeguards yeah. in the state of 22 dollars and 50 cents yeah. i believe an hour and there are a lot of downstate uh, districts that have called it the um, uh, Close the Pool Act or something, yeah. an Automatic Pool Closing Act, because they do the math, they just can't afford that. Um, IPD, Illinois Association of Park Districts, has been actively lobbying for either to kill the bill or perhaps adapt it to where it fits. And right now, my belief is in the Chicago Park District, it's something they more than likely would have to do anyway to be competitive, mm -hmm. but maybe you could carve out a rule for that, letting the rest of the park districts across the state, those that operate pools, find their own way to operate it as cost-effectively, but also as uh, safety-designed as it as it needs to be, and uh, let the, the market decide. So yeah. hopefully that's the case, because uh, I don't know where our numbers will will fall out but i would think it would be it would just be a kind of a a killer for our swimming pool sure, oh absolutely yeah. yeah uh yeah i've read about that i've been following that one um you know Dragonland. i'm happy at the end of the year uh, I, i'm happy if it breaks even mm -hmm. i'm ecstatic if we make a profit um and you know a profit for Dragonland is anywhere between five yeah. and ten thousand yeah. dollars which 
you know, for a water park that size, that's not a lot of money. Sure. Um, as far as a profit goes. So, you know, if lifeguards would go up to twenty two fifty an hour, um, I don't know if I could say it would necessarily kill Dragonland. I don't know that. But we wouldn't be able to afford to operate at the low admission right. cost that we have. Right. Exactly. We so would have to have admission to match. So, you know, it costs you $15, $16 to get into Dragonland. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then that would decide the whether yeah. Dragonland would die yeah. or not yeah, if exactly. people would be willing to pay that to go yeah. there. Yeah. I don't think they would. So then sure. that would put yeah. Dragonland in some peril. And in summertime, costs across the board with a lot of things go yeah. up. They're talking about higher oil prices and therefore higher gas prices this summer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. to spend all the money to fill your tank, let alone that much to then go to the water park, I think for some people would be prohibitive yeah. and really patently unfair. So I think they'll they'll work out something with it. But you've got people who are well-intentioned, just feel, you know, we want to have the best of the best of the lifeguards. We'll have to pay them. Mm-hmm. And yes, in your market, in a metropolitan area, that probably fits. But yeah. not necessarily is it mandatory or needed downstate. No. Other other programs, I know you've got camps have always mm-hmm. been historically popular. Share a little bit about that. Yeah, we have our day camps. Uh, we have our summer uh, adventures is what we call them, um, and they're run out of the Veterans Memorial Arena. Uh, over the past couple of years, we've done a lot of renovations at the arena. Uh, a couple of years ago, we added a, a dehumidifier, which uh, climate-controlled mm-hmm. that area, which a lot of people know or don't know up until 2020 that area of the arena was not climate controlled right so whatever was in that arena outside is what it was inside that arena um but now with that project we've insulated the arena it's uh climate controlled we can get it you know in the hottest day of fourth of july it can be 72 degrees in there it's beautiful um so we're starting to use the floor more a Mm -hmm. lot in the off season on our day camp um we've really begun utilizing that space and our day camp has just grown uh, a few years ago, it averaged at about 70 kids. Last year, we averaged about 95, 100 kids per week. And I look for that to continue uh, Good. this year. Um, so um, I encourage everybody that's interested in day camp to jump online and look at our day camp on the Peak and Park District website. Each week has a different theme. Um, they do, uh, like, one of the favorites during uh, the 4th of July week is America Week. Um, one of the lunches is a, a good old American barbecue. So mm-hmm. they sit out back and grill burgers and stuff and have a, a nice stuff. Um, they do theater weeks, sport weeks. You know, every week has a has a different theme. Um, so if, you know, and a lot of parents, you know, like to take the summer and have their kids go to, you know, this camp at this agency. Uh, they're doing a tennis camp or they'd be doing a baseball camp. And then they can incorporate ours if there's a theme they like as well, rather than just the this is summer camp for three months just come sure. so they can shoot pick and choose weeks and that sort of stuff um and we'll begin uh, the tuesday after memorial day and we run until um mid-august when school starts back up gotcha so, well you know a lot of people i grew up in peak and grew up in the park mm-hmm. and so programs and athletic activities mean a lot to them and, oh, and appreciate everything that that you do and the staff does uh, and I know you've kind of added on kind of the adult end now, mm-hmm. uh, something that you plan to do. I know start, if I recall, June 16th and uh, a little bit of Correct. kind of a social gathering. And uh, there'll be more, I know, information come out with that. Why don't you share a little bit uh, you know, with uh, listeners mm-hmm. of what's, what's planned? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, this summer we're introducing the uh, Pavilion Porch Parties. 
Um, you know, the area around the pavilion and the lagoon, it's such an iconic space in Pekin and it's a beautiful scenic space. Um, so I've kind of always wanted to bring something to that space where you can just come, socialize, hang out, enjoy an evening mm -hmm. uh, in the park. Uh, and so uh, out of those thoughts, pavilion porch parties were born. Um, that was just kind of a, a name we were using as a planning name and it stuck. Um, so what it is, is we are going to, uh, we've got three dates, uh, June 16th, July 14th, and August uh, 25th. And we're gonna have a band um, in the grassy area next to the pavilion. And we're going to um, set up an area. We'll have a food truck or two. And then inside the pavilion, uh, we'll have um, a bar set up with beer and wine, um, as well as other refreshments. If you know, for your Dr. Peppers, we'll have those in there as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're going to kind of fence off like a, a beer garden area. So they we're extending the porch out into the, the grass. Um, so that's where the pavilion porch party. So you can sit on the porch. And the music um, at the pergola area. And the music right? is in the pergola per area. Plus some food carts out in the in, parking area yeah. right there. Yeah. It'll be right right. Uh, right there in front of the pavilion within that. Um, it is a family event. Um, mm -hmm. the, to enter the, the porch area, uh, it is all ages. Um, you know, to drink, of course, you have to be 21. And uh, we'll be selling wristbands for $2 um, for the... Uh, opportunity to purchase the alcohol sure um and if you just want to go and watch a band and enjoy dr pepper then it's a free right. event for all yeah um we wanted to make sure that it was family friendly um just because you know you wanted to the idea was you can come in come over after work you know grab mm -hmm. the family come to the park enjoy the music grab some food at the food truck if uh you know mom and dad want to go grab a beer inside right. and bring it out and enjoy the band they can you know, the kids can enjoy lemonade and Dr. Pepper and a hot dog from the food yeah. truck and just enjoy the evening and the weather in the summer. And we're keeping those people, you know, you can't just grab your favorite alcoholic beverage and roam around the park. Correct. You know, it's an enclosed area that we'll have. Correct. It's going to be, if I recall, 4 to 7 p.m. So mm -hmm. it's not going to be someone out drinking and things getting wild at the park at midnight or whatever. It's, Correct. It's just going to be, for some people, I think it's going to be almost, you know, a, a pre-dinner event that perhaps they'll, they'll come out very and afterwards well could go somewhere in town and patronize a local restaurant mm -hmm. or whatever so it's just I, I know the response to the board at that meeting was it's and i've talked to some other people it's great that we'll have something in pekin to enjoy at a beautiful location on friday nights so yeah. I, I i i wish you well on that i think it's awesome Thank it's you. a neat thing to do and i know it was for anybody who wonders is this going to work you really number one not only looked at and witnessed success of of other communities that did something like this yes. some of our neighboring communities but you attended those as well mm -hmm. to look for hey what do we want to replicate and what how will we change things to put a little uh peek and uh, touch on it and because uh, yeah. i know there's a number around here peoria has one yeah um, peoria does them uh you know over in champagne they do a version a decatur does it um uh, Rockford Park District they mm -hmm. they all kind of do right. various versions of this right. um, similar model uh, I talked to a lot of the you know directors and the other recreation superintendents who work with it and I say hey what problems have you had and none sure they've just um, it's short enough it's long enough to be fun but it's short enough that um, you know it's not turning into 
uh, I know people, you know, hear beer and they think of college keggers. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. not that. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, you know, it's long enough. Listen to a few songs and have a beer or two. Sure. And then, you know, everybody's out of the park before dark and uh, home safe. Sure. And, and to get to tell stories about the fun evening they had. And, and this was all kind of filtered through a meeting with the executive director of the park and, mm-hmm. you know, our, our park police chief. So right. everybody signed on. There wasn't someone, you know, saying that nah, I, I have doubts with this or in protest. Everyone is on the same page. They yes. embrace it. They know what their responsibilities are. They're being given the resources mm-hmm. to, to handle it in a way that needs to be done because, um, you know, it has to be done right, or, Correct, or yeah. you know, the second or third one or future ones will always be in in doubt or in question. And I know we've got the bright people in place to do that. So I'm 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 looking awesome. forward Thank to you. that. I think the community will really enjoy that. So um, anything else you want to share? Um, well, you know, we're always doing all kinds of great things in recreation. Um, you know, since I've started in with Pekin Park District in uh, 2017. And it's kind of been an ongoing, I've been in renovation mode, I think, ever since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just continue doing that. I know a lot of, you know, Pekin is just passionate about this park, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I, I came to this community and just, you know, I, I worked at a, another park district that, you know, we did our business and, you know, we were a great park district. But they came here and just see the, the passion and I would say the, the focus that the residents of Pekin have on us. Sure. It's, it's pretty mm-hmm. intense and pretty amazing. Um, so I just kind of like, you know, every time we do the uh, some sort of renovation or something, I and mean, I get the feedback, and it's always sure. Uh, it's usually pretty good. So we've uh, mentioned the arena. We did a lot of uh, renovations there. We've got a last couple left this summer. We're painting the the ceiling at, at the arena. Hopefully in May. That's mm-hmm. the plan. Because um, if those of you that use the arena uh, know that the paint has started to flake off, um, so we're going to paint that a nice super bright white and make Great. that look nice and Great. new again. And then we just uh, arranged funding and got it all set up. We're getting new LED lights in the arena uh, also in May, uh, which is much needed. Um, the arena, it's, it's uh, the old fluorescent lights. Uh, it used to be one of the brightest arenas around. And you know, as the lights have aged, I think it's the original lights from 1964 mm. that have been, I think they've been maybe retrofit a couple times, but I think it's the original fixtures. They're starting to show their age and short out. So that's gonna be a welcome addition. Um, the Dragon Slide last year when it uh, left Dragonland uh, definitely caught everybody's attention um, and uh, maybe a little anger. I don't know. Um, and last year, I said, it's coming back. It's a two-year, two-phase project. Sure. Yep. So last year, we had to remove the Dragon Slide. Um, the inside was you know, all just steel and rebar, and mm-hmm. there wasn't much left at the end of last, uh, the previous season in 21. It had just corroded beyond belief. And... I think um, you know by the end of twenty, by the end of twenty one, when we did the end of season inspection, we we're looking up at it. I think, man, there's not much holding this up. I don't think we need we sure. can do it again. Um, but then also in twenty twenty one, the chunks of the pool basin were starting to come up for whatever reason. Um, so in twenty twenty two, we removed the dragon slide, and then phase one of that renovation was to redo the pool basin, which we we did that last year. And that was complete. We just didn't have time to also put in the dragon slide and still open in time. So phase two this year um, is the dragon slide is coming back. Um, It is due for delivery here in the next couple weeks. Um, It is a different dragon, but it should still be similar. 
So um, mid-April and more than likely in time for opening. It, it yeah yeah I have yeah, everything in line. If yeah. everything works like they promised me, it will be in time for Memorial sure. Day opening. We'll have sure. the Dragon Slide yeah, back, good. and Dragonland will be whole again. Yeah. Um, and everybody will be happy. So that's I'm really excited about getting that project done because I I know everybody's watching sure. us on that one because yeah. I don't know if they believe me when I say well, it's coming be, back. There'll be some excitement with that. So, we'll have to celebrate um, a bit. I think it'll be a nice addition. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, on that one so i always want to make sure people know Good. the dragon is coming oh, yeah. back yeah well there's you know a lot to managing a, a park district like this it just doesn't happen and yeah. uh uh you know you mentioned the the community's passion for yeah. the Pekin park district especially mineral springs park and you see that and everyone i think un- understands that but i i have to say being a, a park commissioner that when it was a, it was a challenge and perhaps there was a fear involved in replacing an icon like Terry Gambetti when it came to <clears throat> the superintendent of recreation. But uh, I, I can tell listeners that, you know, you, Sean, bring a uh, heightened level of passion yourself in the things that you do. Uh, and I, I've always uh, welcomed and, and really encouraged when you've brought new ideas and you've you know, thought outside the box with that, with, uh, of course, oh, wow. a newfound and determined appreciation and respect for that sense of tradition mm-hmm. so that people who, um, like like myself and others, will be bringing my grandson to things that uh, my, my wife's family, because I'm not a Pekin native, enjoyed themselves and enjoyed for generations. And I think that continuity of that sense of tradition, plus having people like you that have an understanding and need to be progressive and stay current with changes mm-hmm. in recreation is a really good thing and the wow. community is a beneficiary because of it and I thank you and thank your staff and and wish you luck for now a coming <laughs> typically challenging summer yeah. so well, thanks thanks for being here you bet well thank you for those kind words that was that was that was very kind I appreciate that thank and, you yeah uh yeah we are very very passionate I have a great staff they do great things um you know I I can't really take a, a lot of credit because I kind of tell them, hey, this is our goal, and, and they go yeah, after yeah. it. Well, they're and, only as good um, as the people who lead them, so yeah, and there you go. So. so, Well, again, thank you, Sean. I want to thank the listeners mm-hmm. for, for being here with us. We always welcome your ideas, and you can send them to us uh, at Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I want to thank the Pekin Library. Uh, we, once again, and I think as always, now are here in the uh, – uh, passport room which provides great services for those of you who want to get or renew your passport and again thank you to you the listener for joining us and have a great day